This is a broadcast of Holland United Church of Christ. At Holland UCC, we seek to open the mind and engage the heart. We are a community of justice, peace, and affirmation in Holland, Michigan, where everyone is welcome to the table. Words of Integration and Guidance by Mark Nepo. What a powerful lesson is the beginning of spring. All around us, everything small and buried surrenders to a process that none of the buried parts can see. And this innate surrender allows everything edible and fragrant to break ground into a life of light that we call spring. In nature, we are quietly given countless models of how to give ourselves over to what appears dark and hopeless, but which ultimately is an awakening that is beyond all imagining. This moving through the dark into blossom is the threshold to God. As a seed buried in the earth cannot imagine itself as an orchid or a hyacinth, neither can a heart packed with hurt imagine itself loved or at peace. The courage of the seed is that once cracking, it cracks all the way. A reading of scripture from Psalm 76, as rendered by Nan Merrill. And loving places, O beloved, are you known. Your mercy extends to all the earth. Your abode has been established in our soul, your dwelling place in our heart. You break down our walls, our anger, fear, and doubts. Glorious are you, more majestic than the everlasting mountains. That which is haughty within us is brought low. Our greed brings us to ruin. The violence that we harbor turns in upon ourselves. And your loving mercy, O beloved, you raise us up with love. For you fill us with wonder, you who know our innermost being. You forgive us and raise us up. From the depths of our soul, you call us to love to grow toward harmony and wholeness. You well up in our hearts with the injunction to liberate all the oppressed of the earth. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thank you, Kyla. The Holy Gospel according to Mark 16, verses 1 through 8. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They'd been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. 
So you might be wondering if I didn't finish the reading this morning. If I left some parts out there at the end. But I didn't. That's it. That's all Mark gives us on the first Easter morning. No Jesus in the garden. No eating breakfast with the disciples. No walking through walls and showing his hands and his side. No road to Emmaus. Not even any Easter lilies or chocolate eggs. Just what feels like a very unfinished ending. Which leaves open the question, what really happened that first Easter morning? What really happened? If I'm honest, I'd have to say, I'm not sure. Apologies if you were looking for an Easter service where the pastor is absolutely sure. I'd offer your money back, but we haven't taken the offering yet. So what did happen that first Easter morning? I think we're probably all in different places when it comes to that question. Some of us are sure we know what happened, and it is a morning of celebration. Some of us are unsure but hopeful. And some of us feel a bit like we're in the dark. Which brings us to that first Easter story, as Mark tells it. Three women head to the tomb. Mary Magdalene, Mary, mother of James, and Salome. And they bring spices, which tells us what they expect to find. A dead body for them to anoint and honor. And they went early, Mark tells us. Some Gospels say they went while it was still dark. Mark tells us the sun had risen, but likely it was still trying to burn through the early morning fog. And so in the fog of their grief, and in the fog of dawn, they make their way. Conversation was no doubt, at a minimum, wasn't exactly a conversational atmosphere. One of them manages to ask, but who will roll away the stone. But they arrive. And the stone has been moved. It's gone from where it was. But so is Jesus. Instead, they find a young man dressed in white. The text says they were alarmed. The young man says, don't be alarmed. He has been raised. He isn't here. Go and tell his disciples that he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So how do they respond to this news? Well, verse 8, the last verse of the story, the final verse in the whole Gospel of Mark says, So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the oldest gospel we have. The one closest to the events it describes, and it ends with three women fleeing in terror, saying nothing to anyone. And no sign of Jesus. Which is kind of interesting. 
Because if you have this all-time reality-shattering event that has happened, you think that you'd feature that. That you'd at least give Jesus a resurrection cameo appearance. But we have to remember that Mark's gospel of the four is also the shortest. And that he often uses an economy of words. And he sketches his story like an artist, perhaps like a piece of first century minimalist art. And if he were a film director today, I think I'd like him. Because, you know, some movies need to wrap everything up and answer all the questions and give you everything and then some at the end. But a good film leaves things a bit unresolved. It leaves a few questions open. But some movies or shows, they don't know when to quit. You know what I mean? If you were a fan of the show Lost, <laughs> that whole sixth season wasn't needed. No. Why did they have a final season? It could have ended when the bomb was dropped, things go to white, and you're wondering what happened. What is going to happen? And you're left with all the questions, but also all the possibilities. They had to go and make a whole extra season and ruin it. <laughs> or Star Wars. They made a perfectly good trilogy. Right? Three excellent movies. They should have known to leave well enough alone. And then they went and made three prequels. Ruined a good thing. <laughs> but Mark doesn't do that. Mark doesn't do that. He leaves some questions unanswered. He leaves you wanting more. Which, interestingly, leaves us in the same position as the women. They hear about the resurrection secondhand. That's what we hear. We hear about the resurrection secondhand, or thirdhand, or fourthhand, or however to the many power hand. Right? Chad Myers notes, the power in Mark's gospel is not what it tells us, but what it asks of us. It begins with Jesus in Galilee saying, follow me. And it ends with another invitation to follow. He's going ahead of you to Galilee. The idea being that when you go to Galilee, when you continue to follow in discipleship, then you will see him. That can be read a couple of different ways, of course. There you'll see him literally, physically raised. Or there, as you continue the life as a disciple, you will discover Jesus in your midst. The story is told of an unknown group of disciples. And the story says, late that evening the evening in which Jesus was crucified, a group of unknown disciples packed their few belongings and left for a distant shore, for they could not bear to stay another moment in the place where their Messiah had just been crucified. Weighed down with sorrow, they left that place never to return. Instead, they traveled a great distance in search of a land that they could call home. After months of difficult travel, they happened finally upon an isolated area that was ideal for setting up a new community. Here they found fertile ground, clean water, and a nearby forest from which to harvest material needed to build shelter. So they settled there, 
founding a community far from Jerusalem, a community where they vowed to keep the memory of Christ alive and live in simplicity, love, and forgiveness, just as he had taught them. Now, the members in this community lived in solitude for over a hundred years, spending their days reflecting on the life of Jesus and attempting to live faithfully to his ways. And they did all this despite the overwhelming sorrow in their heart. But their isolation was eventually broken when one early morning a small band of missionaries reached their settlement. These missionaries were amazed at the community that they found. And what was most startling to them was that these people had no knowledge of the resurrection and the ascension of Christ, for they had left Jerusalem before his return from the dead on the third day. Without hesitation, the missionaries gathered all the community members together to tell them what had happened. And so that evening, there was a great festival in the camp as the people celebrated the news of the missionaries. Yet as the night progressed, one of the missionaries noticed that the leader of the community was absent. This bothered the young man, so he sent out to look for the respected elder. And eventually he found the community's leader crouched low in a small hut on the fringe of the settlement, praying and weeping. Why are you in such sorrow? asked the missionary in amazement. <laughs> Today is a time for great celebration. It may indeed be a great a day for great celebration, but this is also a day of sorrow, said the elder, who remained crouched on the floor. Since the founding of this community, we have followed the ways taught to us by Christ. We pursued his ways faithfully, even though it cost us dearly, and we remained resolute despite the belief that death had defeated him and would one day defeat us also. The elder slowly got to his feet and looked the missionary compassionately in the eyes. Each day we have forsaken our very lives for him because we judged him wholly worthy of the sacrifice, wholly worthy of our being. But now following your news, I'm concerned that my children and my children's children will, may follow him not because of his radical life and supreme commitment, but selfishly because his sacrifice will ensure their personal salvation and eternal life. With this, the elder turned and left the hut, making his way to the celebrations that could be heard dimly in the distance, leaving the missionary crouched on the floor. That little parable written by Peter Rollins is entitled, Being the Resurrection. Being the Resurrection. And it was written to explore what it means for a person to affirm the resurrection of Christ. And he says, So while the community described knew nothing of the literal resurrection, there is a sense in which they affirmed the reality of the resurrection in a more radical way than many who confess such a belief. Because for many, belief in the resurrection acts as a guarantee of eternal life, which could turn following Jesus into a selfishly motivated thing. After all, we want to know things turn out the best for us in the end. We want to be on the winning side. Not a bad thing, right? But shouldn't perhaps be the main thing. 
And further, for many, believing in the resurrection becomes the point of their faith. And much ink has been spilled defending a certain doctrine about the resurrection. And I'm not here to argue one thing or the other, but to ask, what if all of that is missing the point? Did Jesus appear to the disciples? Mark doesn't tell us. And he doesn't seem interested in providing us with proof to win theological arguments. Because for Mark, the resurrection is not an answer, but the final question. There is only one genuine witness to the risen Jesus, to follow him in discipleship. The story is unfinished for a reason, because you and I are invited to finish the story. You and I are invited to enter it, and every time we live and work on behalf of the poor, we witness to the truth of the resurrection. Every time we live and work on behalf of the oppressed, we witness to the truth of the resurrection. Every time we reconcile with our enemies, every time we lift our voices on behalf of those whose voices have been silenced, every time we say that violence, war, and more weapons are not the answer, every time we say to the state which continues to kill and prison black and brown bodies that that is not the way we continue to witness to the truth of the resurrection every time we expand the circle to those who have been diminished unwelcome said you are not enough because of their gender their orientation who they are where they're from the religion they claim or don't claim the color of their skin when we welcome them and say you are loved and God loves you we witness to the truth of the resurrection my friend Paul says Easter can be that moment when we all become like those women 2,000 years ago who crawled out when everything seemed dark to care for the body, to pay respect to the one who was killed for speaking truth, the one who said to repent of all the lies and the hatred, the bigotry and death, these women who risked their lives to show love for one who was love embodied. Every time we live as he lived, we show that he is alive. So we, on this Easter morning, are invited to enter the story and witness to the truth that hatred will not win, that evil and violence will not have the, the last word but that love has risen and will rise again and again and again. Amen. Namaste. to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Holland Area Arts Council in downtown Holland. 
And for more information, how to get involved, or to support our work, like us on Facebook or visit hollanducc.org.